Now, more of Gretchen Keefe. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Here it is. And a slider hammered to deep left field. It is back toward the track. The ball is going nowhere. Guriel makes the play in front of the warning track. That was on the lands down at Fenway. Wow. I mean, that ball was absolutely obliterated, and the wind knocked it down. You know, we talked about how uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin might be making an appearance at uh, WrestleMania, maybe one or both days. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, after you heard that hot fire right there, it's uh, Stone Cold Will Fleming, who will be uh, dropping it on Red Sox baseball, as he uh, has for years now. Mr. Fleming, good morning. How are you? Hey, I am bleeping great. Thanks so much for having me on. I want to warn you guys, I'm uh, I'm on I-75 north to Port Charlotte, where the Red Sox will play the uh, Tampa Bay Rays today. And there are more Let's Go Brandon hats than cell phone towers in Florida. So uh, if I lose you, I will call you right back. All right, there we go. So we know that. To, so we are on alert. Watch out for the gators down there. I saw a story of somebody left a door open and a 12-foot gator went into their house. And then the door closed behind it. So when the person got home, they opened the door and, hello, right in the jaws of a 12-footer. Like yeah, that is. Yeah, that sounds like Florida. We, we love being down here. But let's just say it is a different place. Yeah, no doubt. Well, how about this? Who is going to grab the closer role, in your opinion, Will Fleming? Uh, it's going to be a moving target. I think Matt Barnes has the edge right now, but that's certainly an issue for this team. And I think we can talk a lot about the things that are going well for this team, and I think they're, the list of those is very long. Um, but I think anyone who watches this club and follows it knows that the bullpen is a problem right now. Um, and the back end is not the only spot where that's true. I think early in this season, I think across the sport, the hitters are just going to be ahead of the pitchers just because of the quick ramp up. Nobody's really stretched out. And so it's going to be even more important to have a number of arms that can give you length behind the starters who are going to go four and five innings. And frankly, guys, right now, I mean, Barnes has looked good. Uh, Matt Strom has looked good. And honestly, that is just about it, unless you're talking about guys that are not currently on the roster, like Cutter Crawford and John Schreiber uh, and younger guys who are trying to make a push to make this team. The Braziers of the world, Sawamura, Jake Beekman. Uh, I think it's partially because of the, the weird spring training and guys just aren't fully at go right now. But uh, that's definitely something that High and Bloom has got to be looking at. Uh, I think they're going to play the waiver wire and maybe even make some trades. But uh, I I think the back end of the bullpen and all of the relief for is something that they've got to touch up here between now and Thursday in New York. Is there a close second as far as issues on this team, or is it far and away bullpen right now? I think far and away. I mean, I think that maybe, maybe quality depth in the rotation. I mean, look, Rich Hill has pitched really well. He's on the mound again today. So is Michael Waka, frankly. Uh, but that has been a little bit inconsistent with his command, and so has Tanner Houck. Nate Evaldi's Nate Evaldi. You know, the thing about Pavetta and Houck is I really discount anything they do in spring training. I just don't care because I think we know of those two guys that when it is game time, they'll be ready to go. I mean, I think in that opening series in New York, depending on how far they're allowed to go, I think both will be really good. Uh, I guess that's the question is what do you get from Waka and Hill and then you're trying to, you know, use Garrett Whitlock maybe in one of these kind of starting roles too. And what does that mean for the back end of your bullpen? Because the answer to your first question definitely would have been Garrett Whitlock uh, had Chris Sale not gotten hurt. So 
I think that that's the maybe the one A is just how long the starters can go and what that back end of the rotation looks like. But uh, certainly the offense has left no questions unanswered. They are ready to, I think, go nuts right from the get-go of this season. Will, how do you see the position player roster coming together? I know there's a spot or maybe two open. There's a bunch of guys like Rob Snyder and others who might be candidates for the one or two spots that are remaining. Uh oh! Wow! Wow! It sounded like he just went through a storm yeah. right there. Hopefully, we'll we'll... Go. there we go. There we go. Will is still is with gonna, us. I'm pop the top. Yeah, go, go convertible. <laughs> right, he's go convertible. <laughs> but who who are the, the the final couple of guys on the roster through your eyes, Will? I think that Jonathan Arauz has sort of an inside track because he's already on the roster. Uh, one of the benefits of Ian Bloom building the forty man roster the way that he has. They like almost everybody that's on it. They like them all, and they don't want to expose people to waivers if they don't have to do that. So I think the fact that Otto Ouz is on the 40-man gives him a little bit of an inside edge. I think we assume that Travis Shaw uh, makes the club as a backup first baseman. So then you're talking about, is it Rob Refsnyder, Yolmer Sanchez? I don't think Franchi Cordero is going to be on the team. Uh, Refsnyder, right-handed hitting outfielder with parts of six years in the big leagues. I think he's got an inside track at that final spot. But again... I really think there's going to be a lot of activity in the next five days where teams are cutting down their rosters. Tomorrow is the day that all these guys who sign minor league deals have opt-outs if they're not told they're going to make the team. So I think you can see a lot of pretty quality guys on deep rosters become available, and I wouldn't put it past the Red Sox at all to go get somebody, to get a right-handed hitting outfielder and maybe a bullpen arm or two. So I think that Travis Shaw is on the team. I think probably Jonathan Marauz is on the team, but all that is subject to change based on the transactions that happen between now and next week. So, Will, when they signed Trevor Story, I think a lot of people looked to Xander Bogarts and wondered, all right, well, this could be the beginning of the end of Xander Bogarts in Boston. But then Rob Bradford had the scoop that the Red Sox haven't even talked to Rafael Devers about a possible extension. Is there some real concern that they may end up losing, albeit in a couple of years? Uh, Rafael Devers, a la Mookie Betts? I don't think so. I mean, I think they love him. And by the way, I think he's going to be right there for the MVP in the American League. Um, I would say it's discouraging to me that Rafi has said they've never talked to him about it because I think, you know, you watch some of these clubs operate, like the Braves with Ronald Acuna and the Rays with Juan Der Franco this offseason. You can get these guys at a little bit of a discount if you're ahead of it by a couple of years. The Red Sox, we all remember, went after Chris Sale and Nate Evaldi and, and made big splashes there. So they were trying to be under the CBT at the time where you could have maybe gotten that discount with Devers. They know how important it is to lock him up. And the problem to me, guys, he says he only wants to do it before the season starts. Well, I mean, that's Thursday. That's a week from yesterday. And the way he looks right now and what he did last year and his track record I think it just gets more and more expensive. Uh, But I'm not concerned. Frankly, I'm not concerned that either of them are going to go. To your point, I I, I know that everybody's gut reaction immediately when Story was signed was, well, this is a clear signal that Bogarts is going to opt out and they're not going to go get him. I just reject that because I think talking to Xander and talking to people close to him, I think he postures about wanting to stay at shortstop. I think Scott Boris probably tells him to do that just because the market for shortstops is better. But I think if the money is there, they'll play other positions. Whether they decide that that's the best thing to do to flop Story and Bogart, second and short, we'll see. I really think that, you know, people say, how can you commit $90 million or whatever it might be to those three guys? 
why not? I mean, they're three of the best hitters and players in the whole sport. Why not build your core around those three guys and try to win a couple World Series in a five-year window? I still think that that's top of mind for the Red Sox. And I'm certainly optimistic about Devers and cautiously optimistic about Bogarts. Are, would you pay Rafael Devers to be the highest-paid third baseman in baseball? Well, I would because I don't care what position he plays, right? I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter to me whether he stays at third or ends up as your first baseman or wherever he is because I pay for the bats, the home runs, the runs driven in, and just as importantly to me, you guys have seen him, against the Yankees in the playoffs. He's a stud. He doesn't back away from the big moment, and that to me is not something you find every day, guys who can do it in Boston in the biggest moment. So, by the way, he's looked great at third base in spring. He's looked great. They're playing him more toward the line where his athleticism and range can play a little bit better. Story kind of changes the whole infield equation. He plays more up the middle because of his great shortstop-type range. That moves Bogart more toward the hole where he's had difficulty making plays. Sander moves over, Devers over toward the line. I think the Red Sox infield defense will be dramatically improved. But even if Rafi is sort of an average defensive third baseman, which would be a step forward from last year, I think you pay him to, to hit, period. And uh, there are not many people in the game right now who are better with the bat than Devers. Will Fleming, a part of the Red Sox Network. Of course, you can hear games right here on WEEI and also on the Odyssey app. Will joins us on the Harbor One hotline. Uh, I saw a story about MLB is going to put humidors in every ballpark, a la what has gone on in Colorado. Is that a big story or not, Will? Well, not really from a Red Sox angle because we had one at Fenway Park last year. I think that there were humidors in half the ballparks, and now we're going to have them in all, which makes a lot of sense to me because it just should be standardized across the sport. It, it, you know, you shouldn't be penalized, but, you know, using a, a humidified ball in an arid climate as opposed to doing it out of the humidor at Fenway. So I'm glad we're doing it. I'm glad they announced that uh, umpires are going to announce what the review is now. That's a long overdue change. I mean, how many times? Can fans sit in the stands and wonder what in the world is being looked at for all this time? So, like in the NFL and like in the NBA, they're going to tell us what we're looking at. What what are we looking for in these reviews? So, I think that's a really good thing. Um, I still, guys, think we have a ways to go on the actual substance, the leather, the cowhide of baseball. We talked about experimenting with this kind of pre-tacked ball so we can get rid of all the pine tar and sticky stuff and mud from the Delaware River and all this nonsense. I'd like to see a ball like the one they use in Japan that's just kind of sticky already when it comes out of the box. We're not there yet, but I hope that comes in the future. Do you think there's any concern for Trevor Story coming uh, out of Coors Field where he was a much better hitter than when he was anywhere else? No, not at all. I mean, I think, first of all, you talk to people around the Rockies and they think that it is a disadvantage the way that they have to travel and go on the road and reacclimate themselves from time zones and all of that altitude. I mean, every single road trip they go on, they're changing time zones and they're changing altitude, and there's a big recovery. You look at DJ LeMahieu, Matt Holiday, Nolan Arenado, all these guys who had similar splits, they go other places and they're awesome, and their splits are just as good as they were at Coors Field. I also think well, about Arenado's wasn't. Arenado was no, – so Arenado's splits were he was a much better home player in Colorado and then he was a much better road player in St. Louis. Yeah, that's so one, that's one season in St. Louis. Yeah. I'm not making too big a deal of it. Mean, okay. I, I think Trevor Story is a great hitter wherever he goes, and I think being able to be in the East time zone all the time is going to really help him. I also just think his swing, his 
Braid Chart plays really well to Fenway Park, so mm. I think he's going to mash at Fenway. He's a 950 OPS hitter against lefties in his career. Uh, I have absolutely no concerns about that with Stewart. What is the difference between the four teams in this division not named Baltimore, in your opinion, Will? Uh, well, it's each team is a little bit different. I mean, I think that everyone is pretty much right that the Blue Jays are the most talented on paper. Uh, I think the Red Sox lineup is every bit as good as the Blue Jays now that they have Trevor Story in the fold. But it's the back end of the rotation that, that makes the Blue Jays a little bit better. Their bullpen is, I think, a little bit better than the Red Sox, too. Uh, you got a guy like Alec Manoa behind Barrios, and they bring in Kikuchi, and they've just uploaded with Kevin Gossman. Their, their team is loaded. I still think the Yankees are overblown. I really do. I mean, I, they're the Yankees, so they're going to get all the press. But it's Garrett Cole, and then who? And, I mean, I th- their bullpen was great last year. That was one of the main reasons they were good. But there's always bullpen regression. If your team is built on wins because the bullpen was awesome, if you look at it historically, year over year, those teams paid big time the following year. So I think they've got problems in their rotation. The Rays are the Rays. You know, I mean, they've got the most pitching depth in the sport. And I do think back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that's going to be a huge advantage for them early in the season. I mean, they've just got 20 guys who can give you two or three innings. And I think in the first month of the year, they're going to be able to carry 15, 16 pitches, pitchers, and that gives them a big edge. I think the Red Sox are as good as anybody in the division, uh, but each team is just a little bit different in their construction. The Red Sox and Blue Jays have better lineups than the Rays. The Rays have more pitching depth. Uh, and I, I, I do really believe the Yankees are once again a little bit overvalued. Now, there is a scenario where they all make the playoffs, Will, because of the extra wild card spot. I personally hate it because, yeah, on the one hand, your team has a better chance of making it, but it also kind of devalues the regular season. It's already such a long regular season that those games should matter a little bit more. Where do you come down on yet another wild card team joining the playoffs? Well, I'm sure glad we didn't go to 14 because I thought that would have been a joke. I mean, that yeah. was floated in the CBA, and uh, thankfully the players rejected that. I mean, we all know what's going on here. There's more revenue in the playoffs in these TV deals. So owners want more playoff games. And, you know, it's a money-driven sport. That makes sense. I, I'm okay with 12 because I think more markets will be in it. Um, I, I, it doesn't bother me. You know, more playoff games are a good thing. I think 12 is the max I would ever be willing to go, assuming we have 30 teams. The one thing I don't like this year is that we no longer have the one-and-done elimination game after the regular season. Like, all of these wild-card rounds are two of three, and I thought these elimination games were awesome. I mean, how great was Fenway Park last year? I mean, that was as cool an environment as you could ever be in, and I just thought to take that away um, is a bad thing, and I think hopefully in years to come we'll go back to doing that. Um, and I'm optimistic that we will. I'm, I'm good with 12, and uh, you're right. It's four in the ALE seems highly plausible to me. And how relieved are those four teams that next year, instead of playing 19 divisional games, you play 14? You think the Rays are happy that they don't have to come to Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium three times? I bet they are. So uh, I, I'm, I'm happy for the division that those games go away next year, and I'm good with 12 in the playoffs. Yeah, for those who maybe missed what uh, Will is referencing, when Rob Manfred announced that baseball was coming back, sort of slid in there that, oh, yeah, it'll be a balanced schedule next year, which uh, now people are just kind of getting around to because it became the land rush of free agency and covering the sport. Will, only one more question left for you. Uh, What are you planning to do now that the information has been unearthed 
that Joe Castiglione was once called Joey C. the Big Cheese and had to keep his name at one point in time, Bob Russell. What are you, what are you, what are you planning on doing with this? I do stuff with it all the time. I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, he had like 19 different DJ names. He was Joey C. He was the Big Cheese. He was Joey Costa. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. I mean, we all know that uh, all these DJs stick on these, these you know, on-air names. But uh, we, I promise you we'll have fun with it all year long. I don't, I don't know how it will manifest itself, but Joey C. will be spinning the hits. I mean, it's his 40th year. Uh, and I'm excited to be with the Big Cheese uh, starting on Thursday in New York. Oh, on the actual anniversary, we need music from back in the day that Joey C was spinning oh, on the yeah. radio for the bumpers coming back for uh, the. We can get that done. <laughs> we can get that done. You know, his first date with his lovely wife, Jan, he took her to a high school basketball game and asked her to do stats for him. So that's when he knew she was a keeper. Uh, and I got to wow. tell you, not much has changed. I mean, <laughs> what a way to get some right yeah. there, boy. That is fantastic. You know what she was getting? Yeah. Well, that is true. It was easier to do stats back then. There's no three-point line. That's true. Pretty <laughs> easy to point. do. It was almost a straight line, right? <laughs> easy to do. Hey, Will, thanks, man. We appreciate it. Drive safe. We will uh, catch you throughout the season, friend. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to talking to you guys. How about Friday in New York after an opening day win? Do not rain in New York. We want the opener to be Thursday. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. Totally with you on that. There goes uh, Will Fleming, part of the Red Sox Network, with us on the Harbor One Hotline. And don't forget, you can listen to Red Sox Baseball on the Odyssey app.